This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Also, we'd like to announce an exciting partnership with ESPN 690 as our home for the upcoming season. Not only will you be able to find all 120 Jumbo Shrimp games online or um, on your mobile device at ESPN690.com or the MILB First Fish app, but also you'll be able to hear almost all of most of our games on the ESPN 690 AM frequency. Well, there you go. That's Harold Craw making the announcement for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp today. And we are fired up about it. The announcement just came out about an hour ago. And uh, we are now your flagship home, not only for Florida State football and basketball here in Jacksonville, but also the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. You can listen to Jumbo Shrimp games as they make the jump to AAA here this summer right here on ESPN 690 with more than 90 games over the airwaves and then all of them on ESPN690.com streaming as well. So we're excited about that. What a brand the Jumbo Shrimp are, and we hopefully you like our brand as well, Action Sports Shacks and ESPN 690. We think it's a fun marriage and uh, can't wait to get it going. We'll talk more about it as the show continues. Brent Martineau. Here on a Monday after the Masters, and you know what else is new, at a golf course, this time for a charity event, Jacksonville Golf and Country Club hosting the Child Cancer Fund Golf Tournament, uh, which Cox Media Group uh, is certainly involved in a big-time way with Carathon. Rich Jones does an unbelievable job. That will be happening in August. They'll have their gala a little bit later on in the year as well, but this is one of their marquee events, and it feels like back to normal a little bit, out and about playing the charity golf tournament uh, on a beautiful Monday here in Jacksonville. Austin Land in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Justin Cousart on his wedding week. What kind of coos are we going to get Austin Lane for the next couple of days before he runs off, gets married, and then goes on his honeymoon. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit uh, before we came on here. The fact that you're here for the next two days, Coos, is, is beyond me. Because if I was you, I would just take the whole two weeks off, man. Enjoy yourself. We, we woke it's party up, mode. Me and my fiance, we woke up this morning and we looked at each other and we said, "Why did we go in mm-hmm. the next two days?" Yep. <laughs> but it is what you it is. The minute you're here, all now. that time off. You just didn't want to take all the time it, it off. Fe- you felt it, guilty. It feels weirder saying I'm taking two weeks off than saying I'm taking, like, a few days and then a week off. And then a week off. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. you. Well, let's be honest, though, okay? What would Coos really be doing the next couple of days? It's not like he's helping out with the wedding. He's just in the way. Yeah. So it's, I bet everybody's glad Coos is working. Yeah, I don't know, man. You still got to write those vows out, don't you? Or do you, you have no, those vows done? That's for September. I, I've oh, got time on that. Oh, that's right. That's well, still got to write those vows out eventually, right? Yeah, like you know, but that's like that's a September problem. <laughs> well, you, you said that now, and you hold off on it, and all of a sudden, you know, the the lights don't work in your apartment because you didn't pay the electric bill. <laughs> so let's make sure to plan out those vows a little better. But no, I mean, I think if Kuz is chilling right now, probably you know having a couple basic beverages, which is okay though, man. Like this is a this is a big deal. It only happens once, unless you want to look at the numbers of d- divorce rates, and it only happens twice for a lot of people. Well, technically, we're getting married twice because we're having two. It's a good point, man. Screw the numbers. You know, we're getting married (laughs) twice back to back. I like it. I jokingly said the other day, I was like, so does this mean we'll have to, like, like, when you want to get rid of me, you have to divorce me twice? (laughs) (laughs) And your response? Uh, A look of disappointment. Sure, sure. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Uh, The, hey, what, what? You say you were getting married twice. What's the thing in September? What are we doing here? Like September's the one you guys are invited to. September's the party party. Yep. 
So, but this Friday, right? It's Friday? Yes. You're actually getting married. Like, you're legally Friday, getting married? Yes. Friday, we're legally getting married so that we can just kind of have everything done, have a date, because this was the date we wanted. And then September is the date where hopefully everything's a little better, a, a little more opened up, and we can have everybody and have an actual party. Okay. Uh, so... That's the deal. That's the spiel on, on yeah. uh, what's happening, because this was supposed to be the big party. We were supposed to be up in, like, North Carolina doing the show on Friday Yeah, from the wedding. Mm-hmm. That's what we were supposed to be doing. That so, was the goal. Uh, and now getting it up there in, in September is going to be pretty difficult, just to let you know. Yeah, it is. It's also Labor Day weekend, so. But it is Labor Day weekend, so there's a chance. It's on, so, but the wedding's on a Saturday, right, Coos? No, it's a Friday. Uh, I believe it's a Friday. It's 3rd, uh, September okay. 3rd. Ah. I'm there, dude. <laughs> yeah, we just got high school football and all the rest. Well, hey, we'll figure hey, it out. don't say we. You got high school football. As far as I'm <laughs> yeah. concerned, it's Friday, and I'm going to have a foot in the parking lot on the way to North Carolina. It's yeah. in North Carolina, right? You already, yeah. yeah. You'll be there. So then maybe there. you'll be the guy on, on the remote, and I'll be in the studio. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> what is this bizarre the best, world? The best would be me not best, in the studio. The best would be is like we're going through the wedding stuff. Austin comes up and be like, "Hey, I don't know how to connect this access. Can you, can you look it up for me real quick?" <laughs> yeah, that would happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would definitely happen. Absolutely. Uh, hey, uh, the Masters was somewhat boring until the final like hour yesterday. Uh, it, it really was. I mean, uh, there, the, there was no drama. I'd actually kind of written some of my show last night on TV, and it was like, well, no drama. Dustin Johnson, no real drama. Hideki Matsuyama, and then there got to be some drama. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I think it's one of the most fascinating wins we've seen in sports, and especially a sport that's popular in American culture, um, because it's massive globally. And this is a huge win in Japan. But do we feel it that way? And I think the resounding answer to that is no. But that's unlike many things. I mean, we don't do that very much. If you feel it here, you feel it everywhere, it seems like. Uh, with the exception of soccer, I think, um, and some sports like rugby, uh, those those are celebrated in other places way more than they're celebrated here. Um, but we're talking something done on American soil that will be celebrated way more than it will be celebrated in the States with Hideki Matsuyama uh, win uh, in the 2021 Masters. So we will get into that. Uh, not going to share this in its entirety today, but I did catch up with Dabo Swinney this morning, the Clemson uh, football coach, about Trevor Lawrence. So we'll reveal some of the football stuff as the uh, weeks get closer to the draft and, and coming up. But uh, we will hear from Dabo a little bit today on the wedding on Saturday of Trevor Lawrence, and also, uh, well, what Jags Twitter has done to get uh, uh, to welcome Trevor Lawrence and his wife Marissa uh, to Jacksonville, which is a foregone conclusion uh, about 17 days away from happening. And it really wraps up a wild weekend, man. I mean, it was hard not to pay attention to what Jags Twitter uh, did. I know it was spearheaded by Dilla. Uh, but they all jumped in and raised, I think, what, over $7,000 now uh, for charity, got them a toaster, uh, got them a vacuum, and it was a story that you kind of figured by sometime late on Friday, like after our show, that it was going to be a viral story, and a lot of people have picked up on it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to see. It's the power of Jaguars Twitter once again, um, you know, and like for, from Trevor Lawrence's perspective, I can't imagine like what Trevor Lawrence and all his people have, have thought about this, but, you know... Uh, the the Jaguars are a team, and I think especially their fan base is a team that 
play second fiddle a lot. And we always make jokes about it where, you know, if, if the Jaguars are up for draft, um, you know, the, the pick is in, they go to commercial, uh, you don't get a lot of primetime games, kind of all this stuff, you know. And, and in terms of bad optics, whenever you have bad optics, well, that doesn't help the fan base it out either. And, like, this is another example of the, the cool stuff that the Jacksonville fan base has done and what, what kind of sets them apart from everybody else. So it's been cool to see. Um, it's another reason why I absolutely love Jags to Twitter, and, and I absolutely encourage everything that they do. And um, it's just cool to be in the national spotlight for, for, for something as cool as this, let's just say. Yeah, and, you know, it's – I don't know if it's like this in every market. I think our market is a little bit different. I compare it more to uh, Buffalo. Green Bay is a little bit – I know it's small, Green Bay, but Green Bay has so much tradition and history. It's an unfair comparison. I mean, we're newbies here in Jacksonville relative to uh, Green Bay and, like, the start of football and Vince Lombardi and all that. So I don't – but Buffalo has this feel, you know. Uh, wasn't it Buff- Buffalo that for Josh Allen uh, they raised a ton of money on behalf of his grandmother recently? I mean, it feels like that kind of, you know, there's a blue-collar feel we know in Buffalo. Is that blue-collar feel here in Jacksonville as well? Uh, kind of that underdog, underappreciated kind of sense uh, in both places. And I, I think we – I don't know if everybody gets that. I, I don't know if the no, Jets they, fans are doing this. No, you know? they, I, I don't know if, if – if Patriots fans are doing, you know, they probably do their own little thing, but not like this. And I think that's what does separate it a little bit. To to me, no, and I, I mean maybe some of them do do it. You know, I, I'm sure every city has their their cliques that you know support players and give to charities and stuff like that. But to me, what makes the smaller and you know I say small market um, in quotes, but like when you look at the small market teams, it almost seems a little more personal uh, because like if, if you go out in New York. Odds are you may never see Zach Wilson out and about. But, like, if you live in Jacksonville or if you're by the beach in Jacksonville, there's always that chance that, hey, you may see Trevor Lawrence shopping someplace. You you may see him at the beach. Like, Jacksonville is a – I don't know. It's a large, spread-out city, but it's still kind of got that, that small-town feel a little bit. And, and that makes it a little more personal. And I think that, you know, when you have a situation like Trevor Lawrence and people are excited and, and, and people are just, you know, they're, they're so optimistic as they should be because – Let's be honest, the past decade in terms of quarterback play, it hasn't been the best here. And also, you, you got something new, something fresh, something exciting. People are excited for that, and they should be. And it just goes to show you that, okay, can Jacksonville offer those large endorsements, those you know $2 million contract car dealerships? Probably not. But what Jacksonville can offer you is that sense of just you know being a little more personal, being a little more that small-town feel. And I get this sense that, you know, knowing Trevor Lawrence and everything that we've learned about him so far, I think that's what he would prefer as opposed to those big city lights in, in New York City. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Again, I mean, we, we spent so much time, whether it's Cartersville, Clemson a couple times, Dabble Swinney this morning talking to him. I mean, the fit of Jacksonville is going to be really good for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, I'm just telling somebody here on the golf course, we were just talking about uh, this kind of feel and, and what's going on over the next few weeks, and this is going to be like the biggest place Trevor Lawrence has lived. Like, we talk about Jacksonville like a small town, but it's the biggest place he's lived. <laughs> 
you know, yeah. from Cartersville to Clemson to Jacksonville. So it, it, it will almost have a big feel for him in a sense, but we all we know exactly what you're saying. I think people take small towns sometimes and small market, and there's like this negative connotation. I don't at all. Like if, if you're from Jacksonville, you take that as a negative connotation. Well, I'm sorry about that. I don't mean it that way. I, I think it's like should be celebrated. It's this big city. It's a growing city, a fast-growing city, but it still feels like it will always keep that small-town feel. I think that's a great trait uh, for a city. I mean, that, that's why I like it. No, know? that's, I mean, that's uh, why I'm here. That's <laughs> yeah. that's why I, I, I chose to, to plant my roots here, um, at least for now, just because uh, you know I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. Then I went to a smaller school at Murray State, Kentucky, and Jacksonville, a lot like Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville is the biggest spot that I ever lived in. Um, you know, in, 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 the, in the beginning, it's a little intimidating, obviously, because everything is so spread out. I was not used to driving 45 minutes to the airport. But once I got, um, you know, conditioned to that and everything, I realized, like, hey, I kind of see the same amount, like the same types of people out at certain spots. It's really not that big. It's spread out, but it's not that big. And I enjoyed that. And that, that was one of the reasons why I chose, hey, when I'm done playing football, uh, this is going to be my home base. Yeah, and uh, just one more thing about that. I think that's why players do that, not just you, Austin, but so many. Uh, from the Scobies to coaches like Coughlin and others. I mean, they make a home here for a lot of reasons. It's Florida. <laughs> I mean, the mm-hmm. beach isn't far away. Uh, the income tax is a pretty good deal for those guys, too. But I do think they fall in love with it. Not everybody. It's not for everybody. But I think so many do. And um, I think that's part of it. I, I think if you look at – just look at the quarterbacks that have played here recently. From Garrard and I think – even a small-town feel, he was the franchise quarterback, but you could see him in the grocery store, to your point. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I think if he had had success, he would have been that guy that you run into wherever, you know, at the Clay County Fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, I'm like, especially, after, especially after that look this weekend from, uh, from Gardner. <laughs> I was going to say, after after he posted that, I'm like 95% sure I, he, he was driving next to me a Friday night home from work. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, a, a Mrs. Mississippi license plate. The guy that went by, I'm pretty sure, had a mullet, and he was pretty big dude. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. Probably the most aggressive picture I've ever seen a quarterback take, but I'm, I'm not mad at it whatsoever, man. To, I mean, to each their own, and he's uh, he's letting his freak fly, like flag fly, let's just say, and uh, I'm all for it. And then one last one. I think Blake Bortles, if he had had a lot of success as a QB on the field, would have been, like, huge in this town. You know, I really do. Like, it just didn't feel – he felt – I mean, he's from right down the road, but he felt Jacksonville, you know. And I think people, that's why people like them. I mean, obviously, they didn't love the play, but I think there's a big affinity for Blake for many of that. And I think uh, Trevor's going to be a lot different than those guys. Uh, it, it, but I think he's going to fit, um, and that's what everybody else says. Uh, Dabo's quote today, and, again, we'll share the conversation at a later date, but uh, he looks like Hollywood, but he's the most un-Hollywood guy that you'll meet. <laughs> so uh, that, that kind of says – a lot. Speaking of big and little, whether it's a uh, big city feels like a small town, how about the Jumbo Shrimp? ESPN 690 and the Jumbo Shrimp partnering up to uh, ha- carry all the games, or most, well, all the games at ESPN690.com, and most of the games right over ESPN 690. Scott Kornberg from the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp joins us. Just made the announcement a little over an hour ago when you had a couple of big announcements, but we were glad to be part of it. Scott, hope you're doing well. We're looking forward to this first ever triple a baseball season around the corner and uh, you guys have a lot of exciting things going on oh my gosh yeah a lot of uh, announcements and thanks for for having me on obviously as the broadcaster uh maybe my personal favorite is espn 690 will be our new 
radio home, which I'm really, really super excited about. And I think for our fans, uh, obviously for a lot of your listeners, you guys are sports fans and AAA baseball. This is the highest level of the minor leagues. So we're really, you know, among everything else, our giveaways, our promotions, our fireworks nights, FIS being our new presenting partner for the next five seasons. Um, I mean, really, really, uh, May 4th brings a lot to look forward to. Scott, uh, you guys seem like you have momentum. You've carried it over. Ken Babby, ever since he bought the club, the name change, all that stuff, seems like there's something different every year. Now, last year you didn't have baseball. Have you guys picked up a lot of the momentum from the absence of it last year? I mean, I know it felt so different, but uh, do you feel like baseball's right around the corner? Do you have momentum going with the Jumbo Shrimp, with the AAA announcement, with this being an alternate site uh, for the Marlins? It feels like even coming off a year where there was no baseball in Jacksonville, that uh, you guys have a lot going on. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of that, uh, Brent, really uh, reflects in the community support for us is that we had a tough year last year with no baseball, but we still had people showing up for movie nights or bingo nights or fan batting practices on the field. It was still a way for us to you know, pour our, our heart and soul into something that maybe was a little bit different than people were used to, but obviously still made us feel relevant. And then... In the fall, I honestly think that AAA announcement was really, from a staff perspective, almost what we needed as well. And the community incredibly has responded. I mean, uh, we're going to be doing a limited distance seating model to at least start the season and then hopefully keep opening up more and more as the year goes on. But uh, the majority of our seats are actually sold out for our dugout reserve section for all of our ticket packages. So, I mean, I think that's a reflection of, the support that we have, and I think it's also a reflection of the excitement of coming back and then the excitement of coming back now as a AAA team, which wouldn't have happened. Uh, you were talking in the previous segment about how Jacksonville is growing. I mean, that's a huge part of it as well as we just, you know, have always had that support uh, from people ever since Ken really uh, arrived, and it wasn't a broken model by any stretch of the imagination at all before that, but I think he made his tweaks, and, and the community has responded in kind, and we've been really, really lucky for that. So, uh, yeah, the the AAA announcement is just a little bit of an extra juice. The alternate site has been really great, too, because you actually see baseball players here uh, on the field, which is neat. And, um, you know, we just can't wait to open up the gates on May 4th. Scott, you know, obviously you mentioned it. There, there wasn't baseball last year for, 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 the, for the shrimp. And although that, you know, the people came out in the community, they supported, like, what is your biggest takeaway that you took from that year off? Um, I guess, what did you guys work on a little bit? What are the kind of some of the scenes, like the scenes behind the scenes, I guess I would say? And what can we expect this year from the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think for us it was, um, you know, almost a challenge is that, hey, when we come back, we're going to have to be, um, better than ever. And uh, so I think last year was a really big idea year for us. And, and what can we do differently? What can we do better? Obviously, what kind of promotions uh, that we're known for can we uh, bring about for the upcoming season? And, um, you know, I think that's the, the biggest thing that people hang their hat on here. We, we can't control the baseball. Obviously, it helps when it's AAA and we're going to be really getting some great players because the Marlins organization is – uh, so highly rated, and they've got a really an extraordinary amount of like top 100 prospects. But we can control those promotions, and so those those bobbleheads like a Stone Garrett uh, bobble from his Sports Center top uh, top play uh, from 2019. There's a George Costanza bobblehead um, from his scene where he's eating a bunch of shrimp in the office. There's a whole bunch of other classics like Thirsty Thursdays and Military Appreciation Nights, and I think. 
um, you know, those we, we had to keep going because they're so popular, as well as the dog days that we have uh, sprinkled throughout the calendar. But I think that big challenge for us is, um, as a staff, what kind of other ideas can we bring uh, that make, A, going to the, the ballpark such a fun experience, that, B, in the midst of a pandemic, make people feel safe, uh, while also affording them the opportunity for a really good value to go out and make memories. And uh, that was what last year was really all about. So that's why we experimented with so many different things, like, like bingo. Like Who would have thought we'd ever have bingo nights here? And they ended up being some of our most popular stuff. So it was a tough year. It was really challenging, uh, to say the least. But, you know, I, I think if we had to do it again, uh, we probably would do a lot of the same stuff because I think we found out a lot about each other as a staff. And I think, um, you know, some of the stuff that we're going to bring out beginning on May 4th uh, will really be reflected in, in kind of the, the ideas and the summits we had uh, together as a staff during a year without baseball. Love the creativity the minor league brings, uh, teams bring, but also the personnel, like people like Scott, Scott Kornberg uh, with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, you'll hear the voice a bunch right here on ESPN 690 on the dial. More than 90 games over the airwaves on ESPN 690. All the games on ESPN 690.com. Scott Kornberg calls a bunch of the games, of course. Well, all of them. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to listening to, to the Jumbo Shrimp right here on ESPN 690, and, and we love the brand of the Jumbo Shrimp, and, and well, we kind of uh, are a little biased about our brand, ESPN, and Action Sports Jack, so we look forward to maybe combining some creativity uh, uh, in both departments when it comes to that. Tell us a little bit more, Scott, about this alternate site. This is kind of this new thing, and, and Jacksonville's an alternate site for the Marlins. What does it mean? Uh, is You're going to have players playing ball there. You're going to have players trying to develop their skills, uh, but there's really not a lot of fan interaction between the alternate site guys and fans, right? That's correct. So so I apologize to all your listeners for having to hear my voice, first of all, uh, for the games this year. But the alternate side, it's a great question because obviously it's a, it's a fairly new thing in baseball. So last year when there was no minor league baseball season, to give at least some players um, a way of, of developing what the, the major leagues did was create these alternate training sites to allow, uh, I think it was about 50 different players it could be non-roster invites it could be older guys they could be young prospects the chance to still get instruction in kind of a controlled environment um and those were at all of the spring training sites so for the marlins that was in jupiter florida and this year um they delayed our season to may 4th uh i believe about a month ago and it was really for a great reason they just want the players to get vaccinated so it's not really a anything for alarm or concern and what they did was uh, for spring training this year, they only had the major leagues and the AAA players report on time. And then so whoever didn't make the opening day roster for the Marlins or whatever your favorite major league team was, they sent these players to a, uh, quote, alternate training site. And it's almost like a, an extended spring training. Um, so what we have right now, the guys that we have, as well as the coaching staff, is pretty much going to be the, the jumbo shrimp on May 4th. Um, obviously, there's some guys who get promoted, um, like Daniel Castano went up to Miami the other day and Nick Neidert a few days before that. But it's just a way to, to give uh, each major league club a, a safe haven almost to, for players to, to train, um, if necessary, be promoted while they await the start of the minor league season on May 4th. And, and pretty much the guys we have here are the ones that we're going to have on May 4th. Uh, as for the fans, you know, we're obviously hopeful that maybe we can open up um, a, an exhibition game. They're actually playing in Dunedin and 
um, in Fort Charlotte this week, so they're not actually around um, against the alternate site for the Rays and Blue Jays. But, you know, we're hopeful when, when those two clubs return the trip that maybe we could do something and open it up. A lot of it is dependent on, on when those vaccines uh, are taken and, and that two-week incubation period for the players. They're obviously trying to, to make sure that they're safe and ready to go so we don't have a flare-up during the minor league season and have to, to uh, move games to the end of the calendar or whatever they're going to do um, if that situation were to arise. But hopefully with the vaccinations for the players, that won't be a concern and we'll be able to have fans in here on May 4th for sure. And, and we'll see about uh, the alternate training site in advance of them. All righty, Scott Kornberg from the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Hey, man, thanks for the explanation of that. We're fired up for it just around the corner. Got to listen to Jumbo Shrimp games right here on ESPN 690. We love taking our show on the road, which means we'll be over there at the baseball grounds quite a bit, I would think, with Action Sports Jacks from 3 to 6, maybe leading right into some of the games. And if you ever need a bathroom break, uh, you know, Austin and I just jump in, you know, for a little play-by-play for an inning. I have no idea what Austin's call would be, but we'll work on it between now and then. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Sometimes I get hungry or whatever during the game. So you know what? If I need to get a hot dog or something, <laughs> you guys can come in and uh, I- I'm dead. That sounds great. Just uh, you know, have those calls in advance so we can kind of prep our audience because uh, they'll be they'll be really worried about like what happened to our terrible broadcast with these two aces around here all of a sudden. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might well, want to bet us thanks. out. <laughs> yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our uh, partnership and being on ESPN 690. It's going to be really just tremendous, I think, uh, not just for us, hopefully for you guys, but also for the fans uh, in Jacksonville with AAA baseball. I just I can't see anything better than being on a, a sports station like yourselves and everything you guys are doing on there. Uh, we're really, really just jazzed up as a staff. We are, too, Scott. Appreciate it, man. Tell everybody hello, hello over there. Congratulations on a, on a big uh, news conference today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again, guys. All right. That's Scott Kornberg from the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Work on the call, Austin. Oh, Let's dude, do I'm throwing anything, man. I'm ready, ready to roll. You know how I roll. You got it. I'm ready to rock. Let's go. All right. Smells like ribeyes. Smells like barbecue, you know, for some runs. I mean, I, I got all these phrases already down. We're good to go. <laughs> I'm going to steal one from my buddy Tony Hollow the other day. I was at a game. <laughs> it was great, actually. I think it's a great call. We should use it. And it's especially appropriate for the shrimp. Hit me with it. So the, the uh, Creekside's playing St. John's Country Day, and the game ends on a guy getting thrown out at home plate. And St. John's Country Day wins one nothing, And he says, bang, bang, play at home. <laughs> Just like we like our shrimp. Bang, bang. <laughs> Not mad at that. Yeah, no, pretty yeah, good. Just not how bad. we like our shrimp. Bang, I like bang. it. I like it. I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that for TV. I'll give you credit, Tony Howell, but I'm stealing that. I like but, it. But uh, if we get to the booth, we might, we might want to steal that one, too. For sure. That could be good. I don't know if, like, bang, bang uh, shrimp is, like, a trademark. Uh, Ooh. I, I, don't, I mean, I feel you can get bang, bang shrimp anywhere, though. Yeah, we're I think making, we'll be all right. Sell, it's not like we're making money off it. We're just saying. Oh, I mean, eventually you can make some money off it. Well, maybe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's make some money by going to commercial. When we come back, we talk some football. Trevor Lawrence, of course. Uh, a countdown to the NFL draft. 17 days away. We're live at Jacksonville Golf and Country Club for the Child Cancer Fund Golf Tournament. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. 
Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. You know, uh, you know, when I got married, you know, we had our registry. I think we got, you know, uh, we thought the the, the the fancy plates uh, that we still have. And I don't think we've ever had a meal on, to be honest with you, but we got them. Uh, we got the saucers and cups and all that stuff. So I'm glad that glad everybody's pitching in to help him out, uh, you know, get, get off to a good start. But it's exciting. Uh, it was a great wedding again, fun time. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to roll. That is Dabo Swinney. I caught up with him this morning. Much more of that interview will be played over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we're still trying to figure out where and uh, to, to place it. But there were a couple of time-sensitive things about the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked him about Jag's Twitter. Like, for people talking about it on Saturday in South Carolina at the wedding? And the answer was an obvious yes. Mm-hmm. So nice job, Jag's Twitter. The vacuum, the toaster. And a big donation. And I think uh, some of the fans, by the way, like his representation has reached out. And so they obviously know about it. And they're going to figure some things out. So really cool back and forth. Again, I I don't think you can say enough um, uh, about the efforts of that and and where it went. And in just a short amount of time, I think it's fun stuff. And and I cannot say it enough, Austin. We we cannot overhype, over talk about uh, this situation the Jags are in. Uh, they they have the number one pick when a potential really, 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 really good quarterback is available. And uh, in all our travels and all our conversations about Trevor Lawrence, people want to talk about football secondary. They want to talk about the guy he is first, the human being he is first. Then they want to tell you about football and how much he checks the boxes and he can make every throw and he can run and he he can eat up the information, process it, take it to the field from the film room. He's already into their playbook, according to Ian Rappaport, and studying that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Are you shocked that's breaking news, by the way? Wait, wait a second. You mean to tell me the guy that's going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars already has the playbook? You kidding me? Crazy. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. well, Unbelievable. Remember, I remember we had a, a news conference with Urban Meyer at one point. I had asked Urban if that's possible to do. Like, can you do that? And remember he had mentioned something like, yeah, some some players, had, it's not just Trevor they did that with, but some players had seen, you know, I, I would assume the way I interpreted that was concepts and kind of putting them on the board, the whiteboard and these Zoom calls um, is the way we interpreted it at the time. But we might be to a point now, Austin, where he has more of that book, you know, and he might have requested more of that book. And now that they have the coaches hired and Bevel and all that stuff, so um It'll be interesting when, when Lawrence gets picked and when we can do a little bit more of a deep dive into those kind of things. It, like how long has he known and how much has he been able to get into or is he kind of just waiting until the day he got picked? Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about that's kind of the benefit right now that Jacksonville Jaguars have. And I think that the Jets may fall in this category a little bit too, assuming they're going to take Zach Wilson number two, which they should. But you already know who your, who your franchise quarterback is going to be. So that part, the hard, the hard part's over. 
So, I mean, now's a chance to try to, you know, milk every single amount of time that you have with this guy because keep in mind, we're not sure what training camp's going to look like yet, what preseason's going to look like quite yet. So this is an opportunity to try to give him the playbook a little bit, get him acclimated just a little bit. You know, don't over don't overblow everything and then don't fry him right off the get-go. But it's good to send him that playbook just so he can start to learn some of the verbiage and things like that. So by the time he comes in here, he's already up to par. Yeah, I was talking about this with um... – uh, Olivia yesterday because we're working on our draft special and this is um you you let me know if this is over dramatic or not well this is what I told Olivia I said the way we have to look at this in Jacksonville this is what it could be is more like people want to compare Joe Burrow and maybe even a Josh Allen or name your quarterback that that went the number one overall pick but we really have to look at this in my estimation like Peyton Manning and put the player aside for a moment. But the number one overall pick that comes in with a lot of credentials and a lot of belief that he checks a bunch of boxes and has, by the way, for a long time, since like eighth grade. By the way, does that remind you of Manning a little bit? I mean, Manning's been that dude since like eighth grade, right? Maybe since he was five. Yeah, but keep in Uh, mind, though, it was Peyton Manning or Leaf at the same time. Like with Trevor Lawrence, he was by himself. You're right, And, and you're right about that. So there was a little bit of a difference. But the, if, if you put the football aside, and then you fast forward from when he was picked and fast forward some 15, 20 years now, and look at the city of Indianapolis, and look what has occurred in Indianapolis. And I don't know where Indianapolis was as a city back in the late 90s, but I don't think it's where it is today. And, of course, we always say Lucas Oil Stadium, the house that man had built. Okay, that's one thing. But with those wins, with that success, with football's popularity – Uh, also came a city that now is like one of the host destination places. And if you look at our city, we're rapidly growing. We have room for growth. And that's the context that I don't think that's overdramatic to look down the road 20 years and say, man, Trevor Lawrence didn't just build a new stadium in Jacksonville, but look where Jacksonville is some 20 years later, not just because of Trevor, but in part because of Trevor. No, it's it's all about winning ball games, and right now, Trevor Lawrence. We hope in this draft gives you the best chance to win football games, and when you can do that, people want to cheer for a winner. And if people start showing up, they start believing, then that's what you can build around it. You know, we see this happen in every NFL city once they start to have success. And once that hype is there uh, and once that energy is there. And, you know, this team hasn't had a lot of that energy, a lot of that success in a long time, set aside from one year. So I absolutely agree. If Trevor Lawrence can come in here and win some football games, it's going to be a new type of energy in the city. And with new energy comes new things. Yeah, you have a fast-growing city. You have a owner that wants to win and is okay to spend. You have Urban Meyer who knows how to win and is hungry to win. And you have Trevor Lawrence. Now the last part of this is win because <laughs> everything else is kind of in place. And when you have that marriage between a city that can catch on fire, a fan base that is thirsty, and a football team that gets it done, you see things like Indy. You see things like New England and how that organization changed. This is the time, folks. I mean, that... I'm not trying to be overdramatic. I think that's a reality because we've seen it happen in other NFL cities before, and it could happen in Jacksonville. Let's talk more football and uh, a little uh, controversy last night in MLB as well. It's on the way. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, it, it was a beautiful wedding. It was just absolutely beautiful. You know, they've been 
dating since middle school, been together a long time, and uh, tells you a lot about Trevor. You know, he's he's uh, he's a very committed, very loyal guy. Uh, dated all through college here, and, and uh, so it's exciting for them to be able to start this journey together, this next chapter of their life. They're both graduates. Uh, she was a great athlete as well, and uh, she's very competitive. She was a soccer player, uh, but it was a, it was a beautiful wedding uh, and a great celebration. It was great to see so many former players there and everyone just coming uh, to, to be a part of that celebration. And now, you know, it's it's uh, you know, getting ready for the draft and uh, and then and then moving uh, to to wherever you know this this next spot's going to be. And again, hopefully, it's going to be down in Jacksonville, and uh, he's going to start a, a long, long career. Uh, there for the Jags and, and hopefully uh, take them to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl one day that would be uh, that would be everybody's goal and dream. Well, yes, it would, Dabo Swinney. Isn't it fun to just hear people talk about a guy like that? About Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. It's uh, w- that's all you have to do is wedding, say yeah. Wedding, wedding deets with uh, Urban Meyer, man. Like, uh, um, it, it reminded me of like you know for the Trevor Lawrence documentary. I'm getting a little behind the scenes about how him and uh, you know his wife now met and everything like that. That's cool. Yeah, I was more uh, saying the start of a long career in Jacksonville and bring them a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah, that, <laughs> more so than the wedding well. stuff. But <laughs> yeah. that's the part I was more excited about. Well, he's probably uh, going to get more money for playing in Jacksonville than he does for his wedding, even though he got that nice donation. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure playing in Jacksonville is going to be paying the bills. <laughs> uh, the You know what I like about Dabo, man? Like He, is, he did this with Deshaun Watson, and, and take away the current Deshaun Watson stuff, but he – he said he was going to be a very good player in the NFL, if you want to listen. And it turns out he is. Uh, again, I want you to separate the current Watson stuff, but I just got to use that as an example because he had him as a quarterback. And I thought some people thought Dabo was over the top. Some of the stuff that he's saying, global icon, and, and I've seen some stuff written about, like, LeBron James because he's been touted since he was, you know, in middle school when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. But... He wasn't that wrong about on the field stuff and the football wise of of Watson. So, uh, and he's not backing down. Every interview he does, he has such high praise for Lawrence. You would think somebody of of Dabo's nature would maybe backtrack a little bit of that stuff and not keep the lofty expectations. What it shows me is it doesn't matter what he says because Trevor can handle the expectations. Is essentially what Dabo's saying. Well, absolutely, and, and keep in mind, I mean. You know, the the play of Deshaun Watson on the field or the, the play of Trevor Lawrence, that's a direct reflection of Dabble Swinney, right? So anytime they have success, well, then Dabble has success. And when Dabble has success, the school of Clemson has success. So it, it's it's great to see a coach, you know, get behind his guys, um, have supreme confidence in his guys, because that's how it should be. I mean, you, you recruited that guy there. Um, you, you taught him some stuff about the quarterback position. Uh, you know, you, you helped that guy grow in your program, in your culture. You cultivated him. And then it's kind of like being that parent, you know, and, and you watch him go out into the real world. Uh, it's going to be proud of your, of, of your guys, let's just say. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that carries over. And, and you, you know, he he's blushing about, a guy that's easy to blush about in, in terms of Trevor Lawrence because uh, I always go back to and I keep telling everybody that will listen. It's like, hey, 
what people mostly talk about is just how good of a human being he is. And if you're a coach, I understand you want to win football games, but you're also really happy to have those guys in your program. But, you, you know, he went to his wedding. You know, I mean, he's kind of like a son to him now. Um, I think sometimes that's cliche said, but. Uh, you know the special ones, and, and Trevor Lawrence seems to fit uh, that that bill. And now it's just all about staying healthy and, and adapting to the NFL. We'll see what happens with Trevor Lawrence. More Trevor talk coming up a little bit later on because uh, Kuz had a really cool topic about other number one picks in sports, not just football, and uh, we'll get to that. I want to ask you real quick uh, about last night. I'm not sure if you saw the end of the Atlanta Braves game um, with all the controversy with the Phillies and, and the Braves, but – replay was used and replay was wrong how is replay wrong austin in sports like what the heck is the point of replay if replay is wrong i mean replay was dead wrong last night they, they said that the runner bomb on a sacrifice fly touched home plate they showed five replays he clearly did not touch home plate like he never touched home plate and it was conclusive like i'm not a braves fan i understand all the braves fans on twitter and everything but what is the point of replay? We already think we have a, too much of it anyway. If they're not going to get it right, and how do you get it wrong? Yeah, this is why I watch WrestleMania, so I don't have to worry about these kind of plays. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, obviously it was all over Twitter, and then I saw that people were, were up in arms about it. I mean, I wish I had a good answer for you. I feel like that if you incorporate replay into your sport, it's going to slow it down and stop the flow of it fine. But that's the sacrifice that you're willing to make to make the right call. But when you slow the game down, when you sacrifice the 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 flow and just the time of everything, and then you don't get the right call, well, then you're almost a joke. Then people can't take you seriously, and you shouldn't take yourself seriously. So, I didn't see the play happen in you know live, obviously on TV. Um, I didn't even really see a replay of how close that guy was. But if you go back to instant replay and you still don't make the right call, well, then yeah, something's up, and LB's got to definitely take a look at that. Do you like replay in baseball? I'm, I'm a traditionalist. We've had these conversations in the past. I think there's too much of it, quite frankly. But do you like it? Do you mind it? Uh, in a game where they're trying to you know, keep the pace going, replay doesn't take forever in baseball, it doesn't seem like, but it still slows it down. I like replay for baseball if it's going to be the difference between a run or not. You know, I think that when the game is on the line and it seems like this game was on the line, then, yeah, I absolutely love replay. Now, if we're talking about balls and strikes, I could care less. But if we're talking about runs being scored that could ultimately decide the decision of a game, I don't want the game to be decided by a bad call. I don't want the, the game to be decided by an umpire error. I don't think that's fair either. So I like the replay if we're talking about runs scored and everything like that. But obviously, if you can't make the right call, then what are we doing? Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's what really doesn't make sense. It's like, how do you look at that so many? I understand the conclusive evidence argument. This was conclusive. Like, he did not touch. Like, he never touched. Like, he was ruled safe initially. I thought he was safe. I thought it was a good call initially. But it took, like, one replay to figure out, I don't think he touched. Uh, so, I listen. They they replayed a play in one of the games the other day. I think it was like the Yankees-Rays game we were watching. And it was like a finger coming off the bag on a pickoff move. And the guy was out. Like, they ended up getting it right. I think that's dumb replay. Like, I, I understand you got it right. I understand people will say, well, you can get it right. Well, you're talking about slowing down a game, and I think that's dumb replay. The play last night was a significant play in the ninth inning of a tie ball game. And if you're going to review it, just get it right. I mean, that's the moral of the story here. If we're going to do it, you can't get it wrong. Yeah, Makes no I, sense. I'm not sure what the conversations were like of why that play was wrong. Um, 
obviously there needs to be some kind of, I don't know, find, find the umpire, do something, man. Like, I don't know. It's just, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's, and, and I don't, listen, it's the ninth game of the year or whatever it is in Major League Baseball. Maybe it is a big deal, you know, down the road. I, I don't know if it's a big deal. I just think the nature of it, uh, I think there's too much of it in baseball anyway. I think they want even more in baseball, believe it or not. Uh, but it, I, I am on the side of the Braves here that I just don't know how you can justify that in that situation of it uh, being a call. And I think most of the time replay, when they reverse it, they get it right. You know, I, I think the rules that we've come to know in, in sports where, hey, it's got to be conclusive, I think we can still debate some of these calls, but we have to almost anticipate that they were right or wrong. Uh, there's usually clear evidence whether they're right or wrong, and I think the, the replay officials do a good job. Boy, it seemed like they missed that one last night, unless they have a gopher cam that we just haven't figured out uh, just yet. We're going to take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Got to ask you about WrestleMania a little bit. Mm. Plus more Trevor talk uh, down the road and why the Masters was such a big win, even if some here in the States might call it boring. All on the way from Jacksonville Golf and Country Club on ESPN 690 next.